Right, it's the first time I've been here since the new build. Really nice. It's a great gathering space, isn't it? Place we can invite folks. And um, yeah, I got the grand tour. It was very nice. The only mistake I made today was stopping at Starbucks, which is you know the fourth part of the Trinity. I don't know if you knew that. Just kidding. Uh, so after coming to, I, I got a chocolate chip cookie at Starbucks. I shouldn't have because they got like five thousand of them here. But one mistake today. Uh, you know, we are talking about Words Matter series. So important, isn't it? As I said, the first service, uh, I don't think I've been at a time in my life anyway where it's been a harder year of having conversations with people who I love or I kind of know that we just think differently on certain things, right? Hard topics, and, you know, what's our call as Christ followers to create, to create places where we can have discussions about difficult matters and to try to do that well? So we're in a Words Matter series, and as usually happens when I'm asked to speak, it's usually when the pastor's on vacation and I get the most difficult topic, just kidding, and it's on anger. So we're going to be talking about anger and how do we do anger well. How do we do it well? So what is your story with the emotion of anger? It made the feeling sheet, by the way. You know, the feeling sheet I hand out to all my clients. It made the feeling sheet. It made the cut. So anger is an emotion. It's something we all deal with. But we get some great guidance from Proverbs. I love the fact you're using Proverbs during this series of Words Matter. So let's go to a first couple of verses here about anger so we can get some guidance. Proverbs 16.32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. So two things there for us, right? It doesn't say we don't get angry. It says when we are slow to anger, And Jesus' brother James, in the book of James, says that too, right? Quick to listen, slow to anger, slow to wrath, he says. So we get to be slow to anger, and we get to be quick to listen. And then, with the anger that we have, which is normal to have in some situations, right? And it's usually a mask for hurt, but... We get to, we're supposed to rule that. Does that make sense? We're supposed to kind of manage that versus if you're anything like me, it usually manages me. So we're in this series, and then let's look at the second verse here too, if we could. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So how do you and I do with, even if we do kind of, kind of lose track of ourselves and the anger kind of manages us, how do we do with circling things and bringing calm at the end of that discussion? We get to do these things. We're, we're called to do these things. And the Holy Spirit comforts us and allows us to do that. So I think most of us would, offer the fact that when we get stressed, that's when we're most vulnerable, right? 
to these different emotions. And actually, God has created our body in a way where stress releases in us through our sympathetic nervous system kind of fight-or-flight reactions. And counseling folks for the last 30 years, seeing about 30 people a week, about 48 weeks a year, that's a fair amount of people. I'm really old. That's a fair amount of people, right? And what I've noticed in general, and see what you think about your story here, that some of us under stress are more apt to be a fighter, right? Where we're, and the fighter will engage. She or he will uh, kind of address the mess. They will want to stay in the discussion, right? They're all in. And so the beautiful part of that, the strength of that, because Jesus came full of truth and grace. So us that are more vulnerable in good ways and difficult ways to be truth tellers will engage under stress. We'll get lit up under stress and will be more apt to engage. So the good news for those of us that are like that is that we will address, we'll make tough calls as a parent, as an adult child trying to address a difficulty we're having with one of our, our friends or parents. When we're in a relationship, uh, how do we address this person we care about well? We're going to do it. We're going to address it. We're going to call it out. So the challenge for those of us that are wired like that is how do we address it in a way where we fight fair? Right? How do we do it in a way where we are not trying to win, not trying to be a last word Larry or a last word Lorraine, but we're trying to address. And the key takeaway for you and I, if we're a fighter, is to create an interaction versus an interrogation. <laughs> right? An interaction is, hey, here's my take on it, honey, what do you think? Hey, I was really frustrated with what happened yesterday. I'm finding myself getting angry. But what's your perspective? That's, that's pretty good, right? So they have to learn how to fight fair. They have to learn how to rule their spirit through the comfort of the Holy Spirit in those, in those game time decisions. Now, some of us are on the other end of the street, and we're more of a flighter. Now, sometimes, I've often found, like, culturally, like in the Midwest, I think you're born with a certificate of fighter or flighter, like, you know, passive-aggressive flighter, uh, shutdown, Norwegian-ishy, all good stuff, right? So, I'm just kidding, kind of, right? So some of us, I think, I, I could be totally wrong, but some of us are vulnerable to more of the flighter perspective. And the flighter perspective is more of the grace part of Jesus, where we will listen first. We won't just do fire-ready aim. We'll walk alongside that friend. We won't try to fix, manage, parent, Interrogate. Good job early, oftentimes, for the flighter. But the dilemma for the flighter is they don't typically know their own feelings enough. Does that make sense? They are more defined by the other person's reactions 
versus their own feelings. Because they're more feeling like, if I do this and that'll happen, if I do that, that'll happen. And they're kind of what I call an outside-in person. The outside environment impacts what they choose to do versus, here's who I am. Let me take the good stuff of the fighter and just <laughs> take a breath and just come out to play. Let me engage. Even if I don't know anything about what I'm doing, I know my intentions as a Christ follower are good. I'm just getting into the fight. Here we go. Don't know exactly what I'm feeling. This is what I need to do. So actually, there's only one thing the fighter, the flighter has to do the rest of their life. Yay. It's easy. It's one word. Six letters. Um, somebody give me a letter. No R. No L. S. We got an S. Thank you very much. So the S is the fifth letter. Can you just kind of do that on the screen? Just kidding. The S is the fifth letter. What else we got? No A. No I. There's an E. So blank, 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 E, S. This is all that the flighter has to do the rest of their life. Yay. Is B. Okay. Another letter. Come on. No M. No N. We, oh, we'll cover all the alphabet here. <laughs> Just kidding. Huh? P as in? T as in Tom. There's a T. The, letter, the word ends with T. Honest. Nice. There's a prize for you. Yay. So what, what does that mean, do you think? Does it mean the flighter is dishonest? Not really. But sometimes they're afraid to be honest because they're afraid it might hurt somebody, right? So the flighter's vulnerability is if I do this, this will happen. If I do that, my spouse will react. I won't be good. And the way that she or he reacts, I just, uh, you know, if I do that, my friend won't talk to me for 10 years. If I do that, that you know, there's, whoo, side conversations, right? So the key for the flighter is just to know God's still on the throne. It's okay. How do I just share what's on my mind and be honest? Because I get to. The only other dilemma for the flighter is not the interrogative piece of the fighter dilemma is, but the resentment bank that they build without meaning to. So I've been married 33 years, three daughters, 31, 30, 28. And my wife's more of a fighter, I'm more of a flighter. So if my wife says something to me 12 years ago on a Wednesday, I was going, golly, I didn't like the way she said that. You know, and I don't address it, that's on me, right? No, I just don't want to address it. I'm going to go over here to my resentment bank and na 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 and put a little money in there and you're less of a Christ follower than I am. Oh, I feel better. Right, what is that? Right, versus addressing, right, with that friend, with that person. I'm getting some angry feelings. How do I address it? So see where you're at on that continuum. Does that make sense? Do you find yourself more of a fighter under stress? Do you find yourself more of a flighter under stress? Where do you think you land? Let's do one more game of the fighter 
One word for the fighter. I didn't do this at the first service. I'm just rolling. So, <laughs> so seven letters. This is all that the fighter needs to do, not because they never are this. So let me just throw that out. But in general, when they're getting going, when they're going to the top of anger, mountain, turbo speed, whoo, there's a fighter going. There's, boom, they're going. What do they get to increase? Seven letters. Maybe you want to play? Huh? And no N. F, uh, no F. P. P, yes, we. Uh, I think we have a P. Did you say P? T. T. I'm sorry. I'm a drummer, and this drummer can relate to me. I had a monitor in my ear for 30 years. I'm half deaf. Sorry. So, e, yeah. Oh. <laughs> P. Yes, the third letter is P. Empathy. Nice. Are you a fighter that wants your fighter to be more empathetic? Just kidding. <laughs> So yeah, empathy, which this is a call, I'm, I, you know, it doesn't mean fighters don't have empathy, but it just means sometimes under stress what the fighter gets to do is realize, hey, I'm very articulate, I know what I'm doing, I wonder how the other person's feeling about what I'm about to say, right? So sometimes just that regulated ruling of the spirit, right, that proverb says, whoop, let me rule my spirit in Jesus by Increasing empathy, not codependency and being on your heels. Oh, I can't see what's on my mind now. I can't be a fighter anymore. No, you get to be a fighter. But you get to manage the anger in a way that is going to keep a conversation going. Right? So four principles that I think help us and see how you do with these. The first of the four principles, because usually what I find with most of the folks I see, and this is myself included and my spouse and my three kiddos, is... Uh, we have communication issues. It's usually what people come in for, right? We're having a hard time communicating, which is usually code for we're just having a hard time in conflict. You know, it's hard to do conflicts well, and we just struggle. So four keys to think about and see what you, how you feel God is kind of calling you into each of these. First one is speak without offending. So if I'm leading out in the conflict... Am I leading out in a way that says, hey, here's what happened to me. Here's what I, you know, Brene Brown, maybe you heard of Brene Brown. She's a speaker, has done a lot of good things, I think. And she always says, the story I'm telling myself is, and I always say to individuals, couples, or families, you know, let this person you're with in, let them in versus take it out on them. So this, the first key is speak without offending. I'm speaking but I want to do it in a way that's not offensive, as best as I can in Jesus. The second is listen without defending. How hard is that? Well, that keeps me in business, so just kidding. So, so listen without defending is really hard, right? So when you and I are listening, we get to just try to slow down. And that's why James says, quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. We get to... Just try to understand what this person we care about or we're dialoguing with, what they're trying to say. Does that make sense? Where we get to release ourselves from this need to win or this need to run or this need to be right or this need to just stick our head in the sand. We get to engage and say, hey, God's got this. <laughs> it's okay. 
the Holy Spirit's comforting me right now. I don't think my, this person I'm with has a clue, even, but I get to listen well because I, I am for this person the rest of my life and we're dialoguing about stuff. It's hard. So listen without defending means listen to validate. Listen just to try to understand. That's all we have to do when we're listening. But if you're anything like me, when this person I care about is talking about something, I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got, I got my answer. Just, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? I'm ready. Versus slowing that down and just waiting and seeing what they have to say. So speak without offending, listen without defending helps us rule the spirit. You know, it makes us mightier than a city. The third is once in a while agree to disagree. You know, we might not always see things the same way regarding COVID, regarding politics, regarding theology, regarding race relations, all the big issues in our society that are so crucial. We may not see everything the same way. And I, in my opinion, we need to get a little bit more comfortable, not with some passive, oh, we disagree to disagree. No, but we can have strong feelings, but sometimes just have a hard time getting to that 50-yard line. So in your story, I invite you into how do I do when I realize I'm bumping into a situation where we just don't see it the same way? Do I stay in there? Do I try to understand? Do I stay strong with my view? Am I confident or am I arrogant? Am I content or am I insecure? Confidence wins, content wins, empathy always wins. Empathy helps us walk alongside. Because I think there's a higher calling for us, don't you, as Christ followers, to walk alongside, to be those people where words matter especially that delicate emotion of anger, it matters that we do it well. The fourth part of conflict stuff, I think that's most important, is own your own part when you come back. So you've had a conflict some of you care about, and it's mutual run up to anger mountain that happened, and you know, you're just feeling like that did not go well, right? And so how do I do with owning my own side of the street <laughs> And come back and say, hey, you know, for these words, that's on me. You know, I really messed up. That's on me. Or, you know, for freezing you out for a half a day, <laughs> that's on me. For me, kind of giving you the silent treatment, that's on me. So I do think a lot of us struggle with that. And just an anecdotal thing I've seen forever in my office is that I've often found uh, if a client or myself has a hard time saying they're sorry to somebody they care about, it usually mean, means they didn't hear I'm sorry growing up from their most dominant parent. And there's no way they're going to say I'm sorry now. So how do we get to know that coming back from a difficult conflict, we get to know that we're hurt, but we get to own our part and to come back with mercy versus scorekeeping. We come back with, with an olive branch versus um, a need to win. The recent book I wrote is called Being Right Versus Being Liked because I see a lot of situations where somebody just wants to be right all the time and then the other person just wants to be liked all the time. And the person who wants to be right all the time, their anger words come with what they say 
and the person that wants to be liked all the time, their anger comes from how big their resentment bank is that they hang on to. Let's put that last verse up if we could about how do we, so we're in that conflict and somebody speaks towards us. How do we, we're, here's how we're supposed to do. And how many have a hard time doing this? I have a hard time doing that. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I would just offer that when we are responding in a difficult situation, we're trying to listen to understand versus listen to defend. We're not trying to join the person at the top of Anger Mountain. We're trying to say, be honest, right? As a flighter, we need to be honest, but we need to make sure we're not trying to add fuel to the fire, right? We're drawing from the spirit of truth, our Holy Spirit, to bring us comfort. Remember, as the last song said, he is our everything. He is our everything. So we come back with strength, which means we're listening well. And we're trying to have more of a gentle answer. There's a verse, too, that just came to me. Philippians 4, verse 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Right? So are you and I known as people that are meek and gentle? And that's not passive or, you know, uh, avoidant. That's powerful. That's strength under control. So a couple stories for you. Uh, so let's talk about the story of, we'll call them Jim and Josie. So Jim and Josie come in because Jim is uh, realizing that in his story growing up, he saw truckloads of anger with both of his folks. Lots of emotional pots and pans flying around, no resolve, just lots of loose change of rage and watching that show and picking up the fumes. And as God does in generational patterns, usually generational patterns continue. Unless you and I are trying to change that generational pattern through the power of the Holy Spirit, usually the show continues. So Jim's show continued by taking that, all that shame that he received out on his spouse and on his child. Didn't wake up wanting to do that. <laughs> Intentions were good but the anger was getting the best of them. And it took Josie, who grew up with an alcoholic dad, who was very passive under stress, because if I do anything, something bad is going to happen, so I'm going to wear my codependency sweatshirt all day like I would do, because I want to avoid the mess. So you can see the dance developing, can't you, naturally? where Jim is continuing to dysregulate, Josie's continuing to hope things go okay, and then the kiddo is in the middle of that. So, praise God, what happened in their story, because it doesn't always happen this way, is uh, Josie found her voice and used, used the hurt she had in a way that said, this is so hurtful, this is so hard, uh, and he, she let him in to what she was experiencing versus... Uh, mediating, avoiding, peacekeeping. She was trying to make peace now for the first time in her life. She was trying to keep peace. Big difference. And Jim, uh, thankfully, had an open mind, but only because he had been going to a church consistently that was you know, doing good work and had some good mentors in his life. And he opened up to one of the mentors and he came in. 
and he started to do number four of those four things, he started to own his own part. And then he started to realize, God's God, I'm not. I don't have all the answers. Why do I need to be a know-it-all in every conversation I'm in? Why do I need to do that? God's got it. So he started to pull back and started to do the slow to anger. And it, it breathed a whole different vibe into the home. Not overnight, but over a decade. And the kiddo started to find their voice and started to find what was important to her in her life. So it doesn't always go that way, but we need to hear stories of transformation because they're out there and they're hopeful. And that's who we believe in as a God of hope and a God of restoration. So I don't know about you, but for me, you know, with the Trinity, I'm really understanding of God the Father. I get that. I get God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. My wife's kind of a presbycostal. You know what that is? <laughs> so Presbyterian. We go to Presbyterian church. But she's got kind of the Pentecostal whoop thing going too. And I'm like, you know, I, oh, I love the Holy Spirit. Yay. But I just oh, I don't know if I can. You know, anyway, different ways that we worship, right? All good. But... I think we need to understand that that's who Jesus left us with, right? As our advocate, as our comforter, as our spirit of truth. So I just want to invite us into that, that we get to use that power that the Holy Spirit has in us to help us bring calm, help us regulate, help us take a breath, Help us slow down and know that God is God. And as a flighter, I can have a conversation versus building resentment. As a fighter, I can watch the anger come first and manage the words versus the words managing me. Right? And we get to do that. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for uh, showing us how to live. Jesus, thank you for showing us how to pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our guide, our governor, our regulator of the emotions we have. Father, we know words matter. And so encourage us today through your joy, through your power, that when we have anger, we understand it. We get to the root of it. We manage it versus it managing us. Help us learn today kind of what our next step is of growth in this and how do we depend on you completely for our strength so that our anger that we have, the hurt that we have, can be communicated in ways that are interactive and safe and that bring change. In Christ's name, amen.